0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the UK Airshow Review podcast, the podcast we started when we had no airshows to review. My name's Sam Wise, aka Wissam24, and with me today are... Tom. Tommy on the forum. <laughs> I forgot the order. What's just happened there is me. Ian has forgotten it to is. unmute his, his microphone. I'm
1: trying to... The mouse stopped working on <coughs> the mouse pad. Keep this in. Keep this in. It you press the top left corner three times It freezes the mouse pad um, Yeah, Ian G uh, Ian Garfield, Ian G on the forum
0: <laughs> Who am I? I, Where d- am I?
2: I did mention a bloopers podcast Here we go, this is the introduction for <laughs> the bloopers
0: Three episodes All it took was three episodes Christ alive Start again
3: <laughs>
1: Ian Garfield, oh. Ian G on the forum
4: Tom Jones, Tommy on the forum Dan Ledwood Ledhead27 on the forum and I'm Dominic Vickery, username Dom Vickery on
0: the forum. So, last week at the end of the episode, we just started touching on social media. And we decided to hold it off for another episode because it's, you know, pretty significant in, in everything really, not just aviation. We thought it deserved its own time in the spotlight. Now, I'm sure the others will agree with me when I say that this is a subject we could very much just let Tommy loose. And <laughs> we'll get our 45 minutes <laughs> worth of content without the rest of us having to say a word. So for the sake of fairness and for the chance for us all to get to say something thought maybe we'll just chat about what's happened during the week in aviation not that there's much going on at the moment but i think probably most significantly we've basically seen the last days of the A380 I'm going
4: to have a little cry i think it's i know it's weird like why it's just it's the can we describe it as a white elephant i don't know it's certainly big it's big and it's white <laughs> yeah <Come on. laughs> Uh, apart from the Korean Air ones, of course. So who's who's yeah.
3: announced um, that they're going to retire? BA, Air
0: France, Air France, Etihad,
2: Etihad, Lufthansa. Lufthansa?
0: Yeah. they're they, they halved their fleet, I think. L- L- uh, Lufthansa said they were halving their fleet. Air France are uh, getting rid of them.
3: What, what about all Nippon Airways? I
4: think they're still. I think uh, how many were they getting? Were they getting? three or something. I think to, waiting for one. According
3: to Wikipedia, their first service entry was exactly a year ago today, so
0: imagine if they <laughs> retired. <laughs> the... Well, I was, I was saying to, to Dom earlier that it, Air, Air France only took their A380s on in 2009. Eleven years of service. There's nothing these days. I saw that.
4: Um, in fact, when I was flying around, um, there's one that ended up in Connell, um being scrapped. Like it was being parted really? out. Um, I think it was the second one they ended up getting. But it was so bizarre. I mean like for such a new airframe to be parted out. But it's, it, it it doesn't work on a on a second hand It's not like a you know, you could you can arguably reuse a seven four seven and convert it into a, a cargo aircraft. An A three eighty is so specialized, uh, and you need so much supporting infrastructure for it, it's it's just not commercially viable.
3: Do you think there's a future at all for
4: A380s for for those that are being phased out of service? I I, I think there's cargo applications. I've said you know I've just said that it's quite specialised, but you know you're going from hub to hub somewhere. You, you know FedEx say for talk's sake flying from um, Memphis to Heathrow. I know they were actually meant to be when the A380 was initially conceived. They were meant to be one of the customers for the A380F that ended up actually not happening. I, th- I think it could do. I don't think you'll see all of them for sure get you know, turned into cargo aircraft but yeah maybe some of them. Um, in terms of other airlines buying them I can't see many doing it to be honest. It's too expensive. It's a four-engined
0: aircraft that's absolutely huge. It is big. I mean that, that was that's the thing about it though isn't it? It's, it's just such a thing. Yeah. Like you see them and and, you know, they're fifteen years old, but I've never got over the sight of one of them whenever I've seen one. Just whether it's on the ground, whether it's flying overhead, it's just they're just just enormous.
3: Are we seeing the death of the last charismatic airliner?
0: Along with the along with the seven four seven? I think the A three fifty is the first airliner and along I think well, I suppose since the A three eighty in terms of Standing out, but I feel, personally I think the A350 is has that appeal.
4: But what do you define as a charismatic airliner? Something that you
3: can. It. So it's something that's. I don't know. Well, four, so that's engines. Four, four engines. Four engines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Supersonic. Loads of smoke <laughs> coming
0: out the back of it. <laughs> yeah, screaming as it goes over.
3: Props and
0: not turbo props. Oh. I don't know. It has to. I think it has to have. It could be completely subjective, obviously it is everything in, on this we've had this discussion ourselves in the group chat, haven't we about what what some people you know find appealing others don't and all that but it has to have a I don't know, it's, well I was gonna say an elegance, but there's nothing elegant about the a 380 but it has to have character it has to have something that stands out from the rest of the you know tubes with wings with engines under the in pods and which basically everything other than what, the 747, A340, A380, and obviously there's a common theme with those three. Uh And I I genuinely do think the A350, but then with the A350, do you know what makes it stand out, apart from anything else? Is it's got those sunglasses. Guy liner. Raccoon yeah. eyes. And it just, it instantly, you notice it. And you immediately, you know what it is. It's the emo of all airliners. You know, it wants to go and like, have a really good
3: deep chat and listen to lots of Lincoln Park and My
0: Chemical Romance. I I won't stand for that analogy at all. <laughs> it wants to paint it wants to like paint its winglets black. Oh, uh, <laughs> don't uh, don't badmouth the sharklets.
3: Wears a leather jacket whilst hanged. Speaking of sharks.
0: <laughs> Speaking how, of sharks. How, how's that for a segue? <laughs> wow. <laughs>
3: wow. That was wow. So- Smooth. <laughs> Except for the fact that you drew attention to it.
0: No, it's. <laughs> Um, you had that planned all along. <laughs> I uh, that was absolutely off the cuff, I can guarantee. Um shark mouth has been repainted to I think much wailing and gnashing of teeth, should we say.
2: I actually saw it this week. It did a two fly pass through Birmingham Airport. Granted from where I am it's quite far away, but I saw it. Must have sounded nice. Oh, it sounded beautiful as a mustang does. You know, compared mm-hmm. to everything else we've had through as soon as i heard it I clocked it
0: yeah but in terms of paint schemes meh. I, I i have to say i think that's that's about it is it's it's not even a bad paint scheme it's just it's eh. just every other mustang there's almost nothing to say yeah it, it there's, there's, there's not even anything that really stands out about it yeah. what i
4: don't understand is and, I, and i'm not knocking any mustang paint scheme at all here but why does every single mustang have to have d-day stripes on it like why is that um, like Mustangs served in theatres other than um, you know D-Day hence probably why Sharkmouth was so cool because it didn't have D-Day stripes on it I just don't understand it did did occasionally
3: but not as it yeah it just stood out
0: it was camouflage it was all over camouflage which you never see on Mustangs and it was obviously in RAF markings which is very very rare if you know I don't know how many that wouldn't be able to name every Mustang in the world, obviously. But the reason it has that is because it's recognisable and, and it's recognisable to people and I don't mean this in any disparaging way whatsoever. But it's it's recognisable to people who aren't nearly as knowledgeable about war birds and the history of the war and the service as we are, because that's what they think of when they see a Mustang is is polished metal with D Day stripes. Mm. That's and that's that's absolutely fair enough. I mean you that you guys and i won't go into it now because that will very much take up the whole podcast you know my feelings on warbirds in mainstream schemes um but it goes back to um when you know i was at arco i had a tour at arco a couple of years ago uh the uh, aircraft restoration company and um their t9s at least one of them you and and my knowledge of warbirds is not certainly rest, restored ones it's not fantastic at least one of them is ex-irish so and and it was pointed it out you used to, to wear me.
3: that scheme
4: yeah, yeah
0: it was pointed out to me that you can see underneath the current paint the green of the irish scheme coming uh, has worn through or or is starting to to come through and i said to them why you know i'd love to see a spitfire in irish colors how do you never feel like just painting irish and said and he said, "We'd probably love to because it would be different and we would find it interesting." But that's not what the customers want. The customers want to fly in a a Battle of Britain schemed. Spitfire fire. I was just going to raise. And fair enough. Just
2: going to raise exactly that point because is it Aerial Collective that's going to be operating it and giving uh, passenger rights, So it's been painted in as a marketing jobby
0: rather than mm. to be authentic. And f- fair enough. H- who and you know how many of us do you think are likely to fly in a spitfire in in the near future um, how many people do you think are booking these flights will think will want to fly in an a green one with a you know ice cream swirl on the side <laughs> that is the irish livery that is lovely to us but is is, mean, is meaningless to most people and you know that's that's fair enough because that's that's how that's how people know spitfires is the battle of britain and the war and not as uh, a a training aircraft in the Irish air Corps in the nineteen fifties or whenever it was well, it's
4: it's a bit like we could i mean we could do a whole podcast on this uh, we've spoken about it at great length in private uh the argument of having a boost on in, in Spanish air force markings again i think there's there is the um the two seater um that was buzzing around i think it's red eleven um that I think was going to offer pass or does offer passenger rides um, mm. but again someone probably doesn't want to fly in a Spanish Air Force Bouchon they'd probably look at it and go well that's not accurate they want to fly in a a Luftwaffe marked BF 109
0: esque and and, and I, un- I I completely get why when there were, was one, one or two Bouchons flying around like in the whole world why you would paint them in Luftwaffe ones because that was then the closest you'd get to 109 um, for for a long time anyway but now there's there's loads there's what there's four in this country there, there's a few more flying around are there?
4: yeah there's, there's like the EADS one that was originally a Bouchon but then had a Daimler-Benz yeah that's right yeah.
0: well that's fine if you can put a Daimler-Benz engine in it then fine paint that as a 109 that makes sense but there's now enough Bouchons that at least do one in that marks what it actually was
4: well don't forget as well there's an actual BF109 in the country still the one down at Biggin Hill White oh, of course.
0: Emil. is it a Gustave or an Emil? an Emil it's an Emil.
4: What? Emil which is the actual Battle <laughs> right. of Britain
0: um, flavour isn't it flavour <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah I, it, I know they I know they got a couple of flights out of it from various murmurings I've had with people they had no end of issues with the engine actually <laughs> funnily enough uh, apparently the engine was just not playing ball at all It not playing ball in, in what way uh, it, it was just being very temperamental they just couldn't get the reliability yeah. from it to do regular flights like i think they took it up for an air test and for instance it just spew oil i don't know if that actually happened or not but because mm. that was the one that used to live in canada i think it was
3: shipped over to I I don't know exactly from where it came, but it was shipped over in two thousand early two thousand fifteen, if I recall, because I think a lot of people made a big fuss of it being able to take part in the mm. the, the then Battle of Britain seventy fifth yeah. anniversary celebrations. But I suppose it's it's a reasonable point because there are um, a lot more schemes now, and, and you know if you are in a warbird, you can paint it whatever colour you like. Look at uh, you know Flapjack and Misdemeanor, but <laughs> it's you know a lot of warbird owners especially the owners of single seat versions i take the point that you know the customer wants to fly in a battle of britain looking spitfire fair enough you know if that's the one they want their photos in rather than some irish air corps looking thing but at the same time those especially those who own single seat fighters i don't know whether the um, the shark mouth one that's now been repainted into four fighter group colors i don't know whether that's single seat or, or whether you can stick a a second person. in I think I've seen a second person. In. Point anyway. Point is, I think it is. You, yeah, you can you can, you can you can paint them whatever colours you like. But at the same time, if you're not flying customers in them, then that point sort of goes away. And a lot of these warbird owners um, consider themselves custodians of history. Yeah. Are they proper custodians of history if every warbird they have they paint into very very regular? Yeah. Everyone knows about the Battle of Britain. You know, and, yeah. and, and it is right that you teach people historically about the Battle of Britain, but at the same time, if every other Spitfire looks like a Battle of Britain one, and you know, it, that's why it's really I love that um, the BBMF's MK three five six, the Mark Nine, is painted in uh, desert colours mm. because then there's a whole host of new stories you can tell mm. about the, the Spitfire in you know in 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 the in the desert. Um, in North Africa, which of course it played, and Malta as well, which played a huge role. And I, arguably, those owners who paint them into very regular schemes, they can do that if they like. But are they really, truly custodians of history if, if their warbirds then become another Battle of Britain Spitfire or, you know, um, Eighth Air Force type of
0: Mustang? Well, I was, I was going to say, that, and I. I'm sure if Joe was with us he would probably have an idea <laughs> yeah, from hearing you say this, we this. <laughs> <laughs> and what I'm about to say is very much not the official standpoint of UK Airshow Review um, if you look at a lineup of basically all the Spitfires in the country I wouldn't be able to tell most of them apart they all look basically the same some have like the Polish roundel on and some have little names on and all of that but and this is very much just me not being you know I like vintage aviation and that but it's not I'm not. It's not my main area of interest in aviation. They're all basically the same to me, and they don't stand out. And if you know, if when one of them comes to an air show, it could might as well be one of half a dozen, if not more, and it wouldn't really make that much of a difference to me. Now, for some people, they'll be able to tell you the difference in rivets between some of them, between a you know, Mark (laughs) Nine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh someone should have screenshotted that. Why didn't I screenshot it? <laughs> <laughs> hey come
2: back.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> For the benefit of the listeners, Tom's cat has made a reappearance while Tom has disappeared.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Will it get credited in the uh, in the blooper reel? He'll uh, have to. <laughs> oh, that is good. What were you um, saying, sorry Sam? About um oh well, about I was basically, knowing the difference between different Spitfires in the UK.
0: Well I was just saying like you 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 could take probably three quarters of, of the Spitfires in the country, put them on an airfield and they'd all look exactly the same, essentially.
4: I think that's probably why um the appeal of the Seafire Mark III, for, for me personally I mean I would Well, oh, both orbits. of the Seafires. um I mean, hundred percent. I, I know the Sea you know, is technically a different aircraft in its own right, in the sense that it's not a Spitfire, but it looks so amazingly cool in navy markings. Tom, you've just missed an
0: absolute.
3: I, I didn't miss it. I saw it, <laughs> and I heard you guys. I heard you guys laughing through my headset. So,
0: um, your cat, so, you, you you disappears, and your cat just just walked right in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Was I, I,
3: heard, I heard laughing through the headset and I, I know she's around so sorry about that
2: but going back to that point as well I mean how good did the Greek Spitfire look when that went up yeah. briefly
0: yeah I mean to be fair most Spitfires were in that same scheme the entire time they existed but I don't know and, and, and I'm sure at some point we'll get onto my fictional aviation warbird stable that it's I a
2: whole podcast right in itself in. could well
0: be but it's just a list I, if I owned a Spitfire I just wouldn't want it to be an identical camouflage and markings to all the other Spitfires out there, I just want it to stand out probably most telling of all is the fact we spend more time talking about Spitfires than we have about the new uh, Mustang paint, <laughs> which probably says it all for that one, but you know fair play to them, they've got it they've done it nice, it's, it's very shiny so, you know, look forward to seeing it at some point Objectively,
3: um, it looks good, just and
0: like, you just know, like we'll, all the other ones. Yeah, yeah, it certainly doesn't look bad. It's it's a Mustang. It's a nice-looking plane. And do you know where we'll one day be able to express our opinions uh, on the Mustang once we've seen it in person? I don't know. Yeah. It's it's on Facebook. We could do it on, on social media. Oh. so that wasn't yeah, quite the, as slick as you were. Blindingly <laughs> good segue for the podcast. Um, so we started talking about social media last week. And it's a very heavy topic and it's very, I think it's very, maybe not even divisive because probably most people will agree, but it's certainly, it's its very easy to be opinionated about social media. So I'll tell you what, I'll start this off by saying, or asking, do any of you think that your hobby hasn't been improved in any way by social media? Maybe that's not a good question to ask because it could just create lots <laughs> of... No, cause it's just silence. <laughs> 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 but, um... But, you, yeah. So, alright. Let me let me, let me me try that again. <laughs> Tom, yeah. do you think your hobby has been improved by social media or not? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Social media's
3: been a game-changer to the hobby. Um and it and it continues to be as well it's, it's this isn't it's not a static thing it's not like social media happened we all adjusted and then that's it you know that that's the end of it it like it's got this completely new way of like evolving i suppose the forum itself you know uk asia review forum um and the other ones they they're just a form of social media you know they they're the early social media um but it's been interesting to see how social media has changed the hobby so quickly from I don't know twenty thirteen ish, 2013 ish. Throughout, basically, throughout the 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 teens, you know, tw- the, or the twenty tens, or whatever you call the the last decade. Um, and I think it's improved the hobby greatly. Um, but I think because it's been such a game changer in the hobby, by definition, it's also brought some um, not negative, but some other aspects. You know that, that some people might find unsavoury. So that's a very woolly answer.
0: Well, what do you think those aspects are? I don't
3: know. What do you guys think those aspects are?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to actually say it.
3: Well, look, I, you know, I can't, I can't recall how much I ranted last week, and so I don't want to over rant and, and you know, over egg a very already eggy pudding. Um, I think that, on balance, I think social media has hugely improved the hobby. Um, I've, you, know, I've been able to interact and meet with all of you guys and that wasn't prevented by social media before but it's made it so much easier to talk on the regular um, and I've connected with so many people in the hobby and, and, and made some really really good friends um, and also I've seen some amazing stuff and I've learned so much about the hobby that I don't think I would have otherwise um what's really good now is to see pe- like professionals that sort of kept a hands-off approach to social media in the early 2010s for fear of you know accidentally representing their company which has always been a bit mm. stupid in my eyes but it's nice to now see um people involved in the industry on the same almost level playing field as anyone else so now you've got you know RAF Royal Navy Army Air Corps pilots who'll be just tweeting their day job stuff um, and you'll see, you know, there's a lot of pilots for, for Virgin, British Airways, whatever, who are also just tweeting stuff. And but the thing that's great is that they're tweeting their views on breaking aviation news. The same time that you form your views as well. So one pilot might say, "Yeah, I mean, I saw um, the thing that went around on Twitter today, um, or yesterday even, of that bird strike on the cockpit. You know, um, I, I I know we've oh, yeah. seen that video." Um, and the great it's just the great thing that's now second nature about social media, but it's, it's one of those things that you didn't think of at the time, but I suppose it's been quite revolutionary in the hobby, is seeing all the pilots comment on it, being like, oh, God, yeah, he must be filling his pants, you know, and then they say, but, you know, cool hair to get the landing sorted, whatever else. So it's really interesting to see them form their views in real time at the same time that you form yours, because normally the only exposure you would have to pilots before... You before social media would be in interviews or seminars or lectures or whatever or, or maybe chance encounters, but they were quite rare where you know often their views would be polished they'd be prepared and everything else so it's really nice to see them form views not just about aviation it's just about stuff in general life life takes in general um, and it's it's interesting just to see to see that as well which i which i think is a, a sort of unintended consequence of social media
0: and I, I absolutely agree with you I think that, that the access that it's given people to the display teams that traditionally they've never had other than if they happen to meet them at a show is fantastic but at the same time something we probably I think is sort of how we got onto it last week is it has created almost uh, competitiveness to get noticed by them I th- I think oh yeah,
3: no, no doubt. There's a lot of fangirling going on. Sorry, or fanboying. Yeah. Sorry, Dan.
4: I, I think, I think there's definitely, not am saying, in all the time you see it, but there's definitely a, a, some like a almost like background noise of one-upmanship that you sometimes get, more so with other things, some things than others. Um, and I don't think it brings out a mean street. I think it's the the old adage of. The minority spoil it for the majority um, in the sense that yeah. you, you'll get some people that are just always there at the right or wrong time to pick up on little bits here and there and go, actually no, this is the and what have you it's uh, it just spoils it and almost taints it a little bit I'm not saying it ha- as I say, it happens all the time um, I think I've found you tend to find it more with people like because they prolifically tweet and are prolifically on Facebook, the Battle of Britain Memorial Flight or the Red Arrows, because they are so active, and I I don't fault them for that. And at all, iconic. I, yeah, I, and I think it's great that they have the sort of um, ability and and are happy to you know engage so much with the public, and then it inherently causes a few upsets here and there though, sadly.
1: Does anybody know when uh, React first started doing the announcements through social media and that sort of stuff? Because that's got to be, uh, I mean, you're talking at least 10 years, if not longer. Uh, I, know they I don't know. They did announcements sort of like through the website, I suppose, but it wasn't yeah. with just the, the amount of trepidation that like forum members get every Thursday with the, the twitchy finger over the F5. <laughs> I,
0: actu- I actually prefer the F4 button. <laughs> Of course you <laughs> do. No, yeah, that 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 joke <laughs> didn't last, and I didn't la- uh, land, and I retracted.
1: It, it's I mean, it comes up time and time again, doesn't it, uh, on different air show threads about how people think things were better in terms of like, aircraft announcements, you know, the the weekly updates, and I can part back to like Waddington shows when you you uh, didn't find out until sort of two, three weeks before the show what was going to be there, and. I think it's a good thing I think it's great to get that anticipation in the run up to the show I, I really enjoy seeing what's going to arrive every week and sort of the guessing game that's that's the really good side of social media you know one aspect of it
4: I mean we've, we've all been to we've all been to air shows where um, we've had something randomly turn up I think we mentioned it I can't remember if it was on the this podcast or the podcast before about the israeli c130 that's sort of yeah. just got announced maybe the, the day or two before no it wasn't announced
3: no it, it wasn't announced for <laughs> security reasons oh, so
4: it wasn't announced and i i remember that we were all like you know buzzing about it because we you know
0: everyone likes a surprise actually the best example of that would have been the b2 in 2012 which was announced wasn't that a few days beforehand that
3: was announced in the start of July because I remember there was a, a, a <laughs> there was a lot of comments on the forum like that was saying yeah you know, people were basically taking we were guesstimating when it would turn up because obviously a lot of people were desperate to see it in the air mm. or at least yeah, active rather than on on static. Um, and a lot of people were like oh guys when's it turning up and a lot of other people were saying oh no don't don't say don't say when it's going to turn up even if you know or you you might think or even if you just happen mm-hmm. to stumble across the right time because then they won't come because of security reasons <laughs> um, and uh i remember that and it was like a huge thing and people were getting really like you know oh, like brilliant. you know as if as if the bt wasn't going to turn up because some some person on a forum said that you know the arrival time might be x o'clock um, oh dear.
2: Talking about yeah. the B 2s was it, twenty seventeen, that was... fly past, that wasn't announced, was it? No, that turned up. I think that, that was, that that was a, Yeah, no. Yeah, on the on the sheet of lies in the morning because Tom and I we went to totterdown Farm no, it, and we it, missed that top side. It wasn't even
0: on the sheet of lies. It was just down as a fly pass.
3: I think it it, it did in, it did in later shows because I I mean it was like the worst kept secret. By the time that they they worked it, people worked it out that yeah. Sunday was going to have well, well, th- the big giveaway runs. was then, the fact that there was, they were saying, there was a sorry. stall
0: from the B two squadron set up selling <laughs> B <B2> two <laughs> patches and tags, <laughs>
3: um, and also you know you know, commentary was saying ah oh, well we we might have a surprise for you later on today. Um, it was the same in twenty eighteen as well when when uh, it turned up again. <laughs>
0: my, um, but but that and sort I think of it said brings, it on the sheet of lies then. That sort of yeah it did. That sort of brings me on to the the negative aspect or one of the negative aspects which is that when things don't happen the way people like them for example the 2018 fly pass being considerably less dynamic than the 2017 one the the outrage on social media which was normally beforehand you know we talk about the forum being so, you know early social media confined to a very small community of people is now massively amplified by social media and yeah. social media accounts from shows and operators, more more the shows, I would imagine, get all sorts of abuse. And what was probably the most, so probably one of the blackest episodes in the hobby that I can remember since I've been in it was Falcon Gate. W- which which what year is that, 2014?
3: Must have been, because it turned up in 2015. And that was the yeah. last time. Yeah. So,
0: um, in 2014, yeah. When to, to to clarify, in case anyone doesn't know, Riat announced that. And I don't know, if we, do we really know what happened? But supposedly there was a falling out between Riyadh and the Vulcan operate Vulcan to the Sky Trust. And Didn't they, did
3: they did did react not come out? Sorry, did react not come out and simply say that it was you know um, just too expensive this year?
0: I don't remember. I remember. I
4: I, I I'm pretty sure I remember something of of similar lines uh, of the organisers saying. We can't afford it,
3: yeah, well, I don't know whether it was we can't afford um slightly different to we don't want to pay well, for I, I but... think
0: it was I think it was that I think both saw themselves as more important than the other, and react didn't think that they needed the Vulcan to to sell out and make a show, and the Vulcan lot I think probably thought we had a big boys in town who are you maybe maybe i'm putting words in their mouth here but who are you not to book us kind of thing um and i guess um react blink first or something that's entirely speculation that's entirely me speculating i should i should say that um but yeah so basically they react didn't book the vulcan for 2014 or whatever year it was and their social media accounts were flooded with abuse from people who wanted to see the vulcan um and I have have no hesitation in condemning the people who did that sort of behaviour. It was it was it was shocking entitlement. Someone
3: created. I, I'm just looking back at the old thread while you're speaking. Someone created a, a petition. Yeah. yeah. It was announced today that the XH558, the only remaining Vulcan bomber, will not be participating in any capacity at the Royal International Air Tattoo due to the fact that the React organizers had filled all slots in the flying program for both days at the show. Okay, so that it might not have been a cost thing. Um, that's how I remember it. But obviously, perhaps that's um, I'm remembering the speculation rather than the reason. But yeah, someone, someone, and it's it's still there, and it had 431 supporters. Um, <laughs> the abuse uh, yeah. that they got allow, was unbelievable allow and, dis- yeah. and
0: disgusting in in what they were doing You know, and there were all these talks of boycotting it and all that sort of stuff which we all know the Vulcan was a very emotive aircraft or, or emotion generating aircraft and very popular and rightly so it was, it was a Vulcan um, but it, it, there, there's no obligation for any show to book it and the number of people who were you know, the entitlement that it, they should be seeing it because they've booked tickets to see it before it was ever announced, of course, which is... I'm sure a lot of places would you would feel comfortable in, in assuming that the Vulcan would be there, but it, you can't ever be angry that you're not going to see something that was never booked or never announced, uh, obviously.
4: I think that's the double-edged, double-edged sword with social media. Everyone's got a voice and inherently... A lot of those voices are people just being incredibly toxic towards, well, in this case, the organisers. And and I think I saw or vaguely remember seeing, you know, I I, I defended React because I thought people were being incredibly unfair towards the airshow organisers. And I th- maybe potentially got into a couple of debate comment debates on Facebook and people were like, well, it's my opinion, so I, I'm entitled to have it. And I, I've paid for my ticket, so I should... Have my opinion, but that wouldn't happen in the '90s or even in the two th- in the '90s when Facebook wasn't or Twitter wasn't around and people, you know, didn't have a way of spouting their thoughts.
1: It's just the the keyboard worries, isn't it? It's just hiding yeah. behind the keyboard. I mean, there's a a number of different uh, sort of aspects. Uh, I mean, it's like you see in uh, Facebook photography groups. It's when people say. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all, and and that kind of thing, which really rattles me giblets something rotten that (laughs) does. What
0: was that phrase? (laughs) (laughs) Certainly new to me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, I've lost my thread now. um,
1: Battles your giblets. Keyboard warrior. Yeah, Yeah, it's. yeah, it, it is the the, the, the negative side. Um, I mean, you've got people that are having a go on social media um, who have got this invisible wall because they're behind the internet and whatever, so they can say whatever they want to. Uh, but then you also see it in Facebook groups as well, uh, you know, different spotters groups and photography groups, people slagging people's photos off and somebody uh, doing something that they shouldn't do. Yeah, there's lots of people who think they're entitled to do this, that, and the other, and people argue against it, and it gets very, very, very nasty. And there's been a lot of sort of private closed groups. There's a loads of things, loads of things behind closed doors on Facebook for different groups, and the, the entitlement element. It, it's very frustrating, very annoying because it should be open to all. Um, you know that there's mm. I, I don't know th- the the element of sort of keeping things secret and. Having a group of people that are anti another group of people, you know, that people that are really against what happened with the Vulcan and that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, we've seen it on the forum. The end result was that we had to bin the thread, didn't we? Because of just so uh, what, many. What just the one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The main, the main thread. You know, it, you you can say what you whatever you want to. You blue in the face, but you still want to get people that are just going to be having. At having a go, and it's those people that are being negative that really cast so much darkness on on the positive side of things. I
3: wish there's a lot. I think the yeah, yeah. the the thing as well about social media that's slightly different to forums is that um, forums always feel quite niche. They feel like a niche. Uh, recognizable community of people. They can have you know, maybe 12,000 members or, or have 15 or even 20,000 or however many thousands of members but the actual regular posters, you know, if you spend any significant time there you start to um, see regular usernames and, you, and, and it, it, it is, it's a lot more community orientated. You get the same on social media but the thing about forums um, I would imagine is that they're contained whereas with social media it's so all-encompassing and it's it's so much harder to ignore um, it, I mean people can direct message people can direct message you on forums or whatever but it's it's really hard for you know, oh, it's, on social media you know on, on Facebook you know people can tag you in in all of their angry posts they can you know say what they like you know if they're blocked from one Facebook group they can just go and, and Create their own, and or sometimes create like a the group I've just been kicked out of is crap, group, <laughs> you know, like or something like that. And it's the same with Twitter as well, or, or Instagram. You you tag people, you can send DMs and stuff, um, and it just feels like Facebooks and Twitter and. Instagram and all of the other social medias it's a, it's a lot harder to ignore and it's a lot easier for stuff to snowball um, because you know one comment that's negative or something you can get several hundred likes and you think oh my god there's, you know, there's that several hundred people that endorse this comment whereas with a forum you know each person has to take the time to make such a, a comment so you might have people moaning on a forum I mean it's part, it's bread and butter in you in react threads unfortunately but if you actually look at the people who are really, really moaning, especially those moaning consistently, it's only a couple of people. Whereas you check Facebook on the same day and you'll have hundreds, or at least several that are endorsed by hundreds. Um, and that's an interesting part social media. It feels mm. so much bigger that way because it, it, the, the numbers stack up and it's a lot harder to ignore.
0: And it does, It does. Uh, you know, you said about snowboarding, it does attract or have the potential to attract a much wider audience. You know, you look at re, uh, the UCAR forum, suffice to say there's a fair share of debate and argument on there, but you're probably not going to find, in reality, that big a difference of opinion in, in the membership, I would imagine, on most things. People like different things and have different, uh, you know, different views on how things should be done, but considering it's a very niche, very specialised... Forum and community. You look at social media; you have way more people coming in necessarily than just that very small group of people. And now, I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, it can be very good in, in it, certain yeah, circumstances. Important to pop the bubble, as it were. But it it just if you it, it has it also it just allows for the things to be misconstrued or taken the wrong way, and that's when things can get piled on, and that. You know, and that's that's a general social media thing. That's obviously not specifically social media and aviation, but you know, that's a big negative aspect of social media that's really reared its head over the last few years. The, that toxicity from the wider world, from strangers that you you who, who would never say it to your face. Hashtag this hobby. Hashtag this hobby. And, and I think, it, sorry, go on.
4: I I, th- I think uh, the one I've. Sort of seen a lot of recently, uh, particularly because you know the lockdown as of now, sort of moving away from quite such strict lockdowns. We touched upon it last week about going spotting and stuff like that. Just before that, um, because I'm on various Facebook groups for airports, both civilian and military, um, people taking photos and, and putting them on Facebook groups and I can't count how many times I saw it. People going, why were you at the fence? What were you doing there? And in fairness, most of the time it was, I, I don't know how true it was or not, the person could be lying through the front teeth. Um, it was, oh well I actually live near the airport so I am i am entitled to be here. And then people, I mean I saw one exchange which was, well prove it then, and <coughs> you, you'd never ask someone if you were fen- at the fence at Edinburgh Airport, say talks like, saying where have you come from then? To be there. as as Ian, but it, it's keyboard warriors, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone's no, I, everyone's I, I, I brave you, behind yeah.
0: a computer screen.
3: There's someone at um Yeovil who um is local to the area. Um I won't name him. Um he's a really nice, really nice guy and, and gave me a lot of um, he, he's not on the w I won't name him, Steve's a nice guy. Yeah, he, he's a nice guy. Um he's not who who you guys think as well. Um but he he's local to the area oh, yeah. and um he sometimes posts uh local movements because obviously it's it's a factory it's where new things have been built so so you stand a good chance of seeing some quite interesting stuff that is slightly more than you'd see uh, a a base where you know what's based there anyway so he he'll, he'll say you know such and such is visible today such and such has been flying or whatever and people will uh, he'll put it online in the interest of helping the community to, to to show what's been flying and what's not, and it's very valuable to anyone who's planning a trip or even who's just interested. But then he he was telling me once he was like, you know, I I posted something about such and such Merlin that's just broken cover, and someone just went, no one hasn't. <laughs> and he <clears> went, yeah, yeah, it is. I I I literally stood at the end of the fence, and they were like, no, you weren't. And he's like, I I was right here. I've got a photograph of it. It's it's a garbage. One I won't put it online or whatever. Or you know maybe it's yeah, maybe he's he doesn't want to make too much security thing by putting it online. So I, I don't know. But he yeah, he was telling me several times he's he's given out information and people have gone. No, you weren't. Here's a, a press conference I found on Google. That says that you know first flights oh. not for another three months or something. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I understand that completely. But I was there. And people go, no, you weren't. and He's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's just a, a level of sort of of disconnect that's just crazy bizarre isn't um,
0: it but, really really bizarre but
3: he but he did say in fairness that came from forum rather he's not on social media in the traditional sense that came from forums so um uh you know that that's not a comment on modern social media but yeah it's um, yeah it's just nuts but speak i said earlier about how easy it is for people you know a lot of angry people who have just been banned from such and such a group or whatever offence, whether it is right or wrong. Um, when they've got that hot head, and their blood's up, and they're like, oh, and they just had a fight or something. It's so easy for them to create a, you know, a imitation group, um, and like like UKAR, we we've got an imitation group. It's not from anyone who is banned, although I think they are a member, but um, they produce really awful substandard stuff and just acts generally entitled. Um, and they've stolen our name. It's British Airshow Review. I'll name them. Um, they're an awful outfit. <laughs> <laughs> they're an awful outfit, but they've been buoyed by the, the new age social media because it's been so easy for them to set up you know, a WordPress account and a name and get Twitter and Facebook going. Um, and they're an awful well, outfit. They're more, terrible.
0: More than anything, and I've, I've perhaps should be a bit more reticent to say this given that we are an online magazine but so much of online presence if not the major, the the bulk of online presence is social media these days yeah how many how many outlets exist purely as social media no,
3: hundreds, hundreds hundreds
4: hundreds well I mean I, there's I mean even the magazines are, are diversifying I, th- I think Flyer are certainly trying to move away from you know something that you can pick up in Smith or any other news agents and trying to move it to more online subscriptions instead and the
0: days the days of um being able to argue against bragging about follow account and how many likes you get and all of that stuff are passed because there is actually a, a, a tangible value to high followed accounts now i mean yeah it, it, it whether that's the case quite so much in aviation obviously a bit more specific but you know instagram accounts can go for thousands of pounds or dollars uh if not more depending on how many followers they've got you know people will buy those accounts obviously that's that's you know somewhat more shady than just angry people on the internet if you know what i mean but social media has an actual value to it you know the 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 digital marketing industry is enormous huge you know I, i i my work where i work is a marketing company and and Part of that is digital marketing, and it's it's serious, and the targeting that you have to do for it is important, and following trends and following the right thing. And I think one thing Yukar has been very good at, you know, we're blowing our own trumpet here. One thing you Yukar has been very good at has been keeping up with social media over recent years, and that has been, you know, I can say, a very concerted effort on our part. That hasn't just been I- idly going on Facebook and Twitter and that. Has been really thinking about what we're doing. It's it's a tough game. Yeah. Um, and people who are sharp on it can do very well without necessarily needing to put in the effort or, or or, in fact not even necessarily without having to put in as much effort as used to be the case maybe 15 years ago for example and I'm not saying that's necessarily a negative because it's just the world we live in
3: and l- likes and followers and things beget further likes and
0: followers um, 100% well that's how the algorithms work isn't it <laughs>
3: but but then that also um taking us back to some um less than savory accounts by less than savory individuals in my view um it, it's it, it's very much a sort of a no no press is bad press you know, there are people in this hobby and others who will do really really controversial stupid things and people will get really angry about that and they will vent their frustrations on social media which then affect all of the algorithms and then that person just gets a load of extra traction. Mm. And, you know, for every ten people that see that and think, Oh my God, what a, what a knob there'll be there'll be one person who says, yeah, All right, yeah, but that's kind of interesting, you know, I might give that account a follow. Mm. I might I might have it and it does, that's that's how it works. That's how it's it, how it rolls. Which is really bad. And that's one of the the bad things that social media engenders in society as a whole. But obviously our hobbies, you know no different to other parts of society.
2: For sure,
4: the only exception I see to that, which I, I on on the whole I agree with what you're saying there, Tom. Um, and probably why it's probably my favourite social media platform is Instagram. I mean, it's it's very much the case of, or I've tend to find on Instagram, you don't find so much keyboard warrioring. I think the the crux of Instagram is the more you post on it, the more coverage you're going to get and then apparently the more followers you're going to get
0: there are issues with instagram as well but i think our our demographic isn't where the problems lie if you see what i mean no um just in terms of those aren't the worlds it's maybe just the the demographics aren't the same where the actual problems unlike facebook and twitter
3: i prefer instagram to both facebook and twitter um in general, because of what Dan says, it seems to me that the community is nicer on there. The, it, you're right, it does have its own issues, mostly prolific image stealers um, and those really stupid spam accounts um, that just grab stuff, whatever they Google. Um, so you know, it has its own problems, but it's harder to sort of have a, a battle and a fight and a, and a big disagreement and for that to be seen by others as well on Instagram. But yeah, it does have its own issues. But I I prefer Instagram of those three, of
0: Facebook and Twitter and IG. But to 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 wheel it back around to the positive side of things, you've found you've got a lot more exposure for your aviation stuff through social media. I think Tom as well, haven't you?
3: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you, you know, I went to one of the um, Centre of Aviation Photography's initial workshops because. I wasn't very long into aviation photography um, and I and I, I just fancied it. I wanted to see what it was about and I couldn't really afford one of their trips but I wanted you know people can form their own opinions whether I was right or wrong to do this but I wanted the the expertise which is what I got I, you know I'm not unhappy that I went um, and, but one of the things that it said it was just so simple that I can't believe I pay for it for, for the advice but it's you know you take all these photos you do all these things you go to all these events and of course you do them for you because otherwise you wouldn't be interested in the hobby but well, what's the point in them being sat on a hard drive somewhere gathering dust you know it, it, the the thrill is in taking the photo sure but also the thrill is like the the potential that you might think oh you know i'm actually going to look forward to sharing this in the same way that i look forward to seeing other people's images as well um you know what's the point in in leaving thousands of of edited images some of them might be really really good sat on a hard drive doing nothing um and yeah i pay for that (laughs) but it's it's one of those really common sense points (laughs) that I, i didn't really think about before and I thought, yeah, that's a pretty, it's a really fair point. What's the, what's the point in, you know, some people might print them, some people might make books, some people might fire them off the magazines or, or whatever, or, you know, whatever they want to do. Um, yeah, what's the point? in Leaving them sit on your hard drive? Get them out there, you know. And some people might take delight in your stuff. Some people might not. Mostly people don't with me. But you know, it's the, it's it's that part
0: of it that I never thought about. It's I funny i um, sorry, horn.
1: I'd say, I think going back to the original question that you posed and improvements to the hobby, I know some people on Facebook, I say Facebook friends, it's those people from groups that like your photos or you might be yeah. once, and their photography skills might not be brilliant, but they like what they do, which is perfectly fine, but I've seen people that have taken them down a notch, and they're really, really not the confidence sideways and they, they don't post things anymore, which is a great shame. On the other side of that, some Facebook groups i have joined a few in the last couple of weeks, especially uh, in this lockdown period, having joined some of these groups and some of the themes that they're doing. It's been quite an inspiration, and I've really enjoyed seeing different images. It's a lot of photographers all over the world, uh, many Eastern European ones, but it's been such an inspiration, and it's been really nice to see, and there's been none of that sort of arguments, the keyboard worries and stuff on there you know it's two vastly different worlds
0: well i think one we're both in that probably might as well give a shout out to is the four aviation flight line that we're yep. both posting in quite regularly yeah and it is it's just i mean my facebook feed, i mean I'll, I'll, I'll say off the bat despise facebook despise what they've done to maybe going a bit far but what they've done to society and how they just the general toxicity that's emanated from facebook and I say that as someone who has a Facebook tab open all day, every day, but <laughs> um, that's pretty much the only place I post aviation stuff, to be perfectly honest, in, either in groups or just random photographs on my, on my timeline. And that's mostly because that's how I think I've networked in the aviation community. I think you've where I've done it on Facebook, Tom's done it on, on Instagram, and I'm sure you know some people will do it on Twitter. Um, and that's actually been a huge plus for social media has been for me um that network i've been able to to build both in terms of people i've not met and hope to one day but also people i've met on my travels and gone away with and you know i've I've had advice from people that i've never met before who've given me fantastic advice on where to see x y and z plane in what country. Or how to go spotting outside an airbase in Russia, for example, which you know hasn't happened this year for obvious reasons. But, uh, um, and that's that networking ability is fantastic and could never have been done before. You know, you had the forums, but you didn't necessarily have all those people on the forums. You know, the, you know, I'm talking about people from Russia, people from Bulgaria, people from the Netherlands, people from Greece that i've met or haven't met but that i would otherwise have zero contact with and never would have done that actually now i can ask for advice or suggest things to and actually have that community not community because it's not but, but that personal network of of aviation people that both benefits me and lets me give something out to them as well and that has been a huge huge bonus
3: undeniably, I mean, sort of what I was saying at the start, undeniably in my mind the pros of social media and its impacts on the hobby far outweigh the cons, it's just that the cons can be so enraging that they're what you think about more than the positives, um, which maybe that's human nature, you know, you know, competence and success is treated as expected whereas failure and uh, uh, you know nastiness is is capitalised upon a little bit But it is yeah. Overall, it's it's hugely beneficial to the hobby, Um, in in its very different ways.
4: Mm -hmm. I mean, from from my point of view, I wouldn't have probably not quite as well known any of you guys quite as well as I have done. I mean, like um, me me and you Sam, we've been on and Dom and Tom, Ian. You're the exception to the rule in the sense that I've not been on holiday with you. But I'd have never gone on holiday with. Like you guys or anybody else, if I hadn't have really interacted without
0: the use of social media, it well, just wouldn't have happened. Completely. If, if I think it was actually it was only after not long after I joined in 2015 that we set that first Facebook group up. I won't go into why it was set up in the first place, but without that, I don't think well, this this podcast wouldn't exist. I don't think I don't know if I don't even know if you guys really would have. Lasted as long to today without us being coming as so a a close knit group. I don't know. I don't think we would have met up at Riyadh that first time in 2015 when we went because it was only through that that we started talking about park and view west versus east and meeting up there and you know we went to Russia and all that and not that that was through social media but you know yeah Russia was just uh, a happy coincidence. uh, Russia was a happy coincidence for for you and I but yeah and, and then yeah we went on holiday and we've all gone and done stuff together and we're all mates which I don't know if that was ever the case with the UCAR staff before
3: I, I'm i I'm sure that you know the old guard I mean are friends as well um, but I suppose I, I suppose it's a different it's
0: friends that you see at air shows
3: yeah I mean, back back then, it, it you know, social media was in twenty ten. Social media was not really a, like I was huge on Facebook, not huge as in I was like <laughs> Give big, it a big into guy Facebook. I am there, Tom. I'm, I'm my, kind of a big guy. Days, I had a blue tick. All right, um, <laughs> I was I was really into Facebook in like twenty ten. You know, because back then it was just me and my friends and me posting you know junk from from my first year at uni. And then uh, I mean, I, I I actually really really don't like Facebook anymore, but. You know, back then, it, it was completely different to what it is now. Do you remember the you know the old Facebook games you used to be able to play? And they were like, um, mm-hmm. it's basically like what Clash of Clans is now. And it's, you know, you, you d- do like a move against your Facebook friend, and then you'd wait 12 hours for them to like do another move against you. <laughs> and then you'd log on, it'd be like, oh, you know, Ben Johnson, not real name, Ben Johnson has, you know, killed your vampire. You have three hours to respond or so, oh, some crap. Um, it was awful, but it was fun at the time. It was basically like, it was just a flashy abebo at the time um so I'm sure that the old guard of of Ucar um who are very very nice guys the ones I've met um and very talented too and just great and really strong and really nice and got good hair and everything else no I but I think that they all met and communicated in a different way because that's the the nature of the time you know I'm sure that there are many uh I mean Ucar used to have its own tent at uh, Kemble um Air shows, didn't it? And people used to meet up there and, and and do you know sort of put faces to names there. Obviously, social media has sort of removed that now, which is another interesting thing. You know, meeting up has yeah. been moved online rather than are you going to an air show? Do you fancy putting your face to a name?
0: Um, well, that that's what I was saying was that that you know, not saying the people before the people for us weren't mates, but they were mates that they they weren't everyday mates, as it were we have you know we we have a facebook messenger group we talk all day every day about crap. things that are crap just crap it's just <laughs> memes and rubbish yeah not saying it's worthwhile conversation but but what group chat doesn't have crap in it <laughs> exactly very good meme game i'll say that
3: <laughs> yeah i mean to be fair as well um you know uh alcohol's had a lot to do with with me being friends with with you guys um I used to be very drunk. A lot. Um, remember I was really hanging that first time we met, Sam? Park of US. No, the no, Second time we met,
0: I was absolutely you hanging. You were. Um, you were, yes. I was, yeah, 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 yeah. That. And that's
3: when I thought that there was a, a Swiss chinnick that existed, which obviously <laughs> didn't... Which is a stupid thing. I like,
0: I like how you... I like how you got that in there yourself, so you own it. I've sort of been
3: thinking about that for the last two podcasts we've done. I thought, if I don't put this in now, someone's (laughs) going to say something, and I need to own the fact that I was really hungover, and I saw the Swiss uh, PC-17 and the Cougar, or the Super Puma, I I can never... Whichever. Um, For some reason, I saw the Super Puma and the PC-17, and I don't know what went from Super Puma to... Chinook in my head but I was like oh guys it's a Swiss Chinook and uh Sam was like what? Um, a joke from yeah, five, know, years, five ago. years Um but then also we wouldn't have gone to Denmark were you not really drunk and said guys there's a zoo in Denmark and they've also just confirmed the Ukrainian su 27 which was in 2016 so like that was a groundbreaking thing so we were like alright guess we're going to Denmark
0: yeah. <laughs> I was I remember that. I woke up the next day and found we yeah, booked a trip to yeah. Denmark. <laughs>
4: and what a trip it was. <laughs> on, uh, yeah, exactly. And what a trip it yeah. was. Um, on, but That's that like was Lego World. Lego Land.
0: Lego Land.
3: So you know I'd recommend a trip to Denmark to anyone. It's so good. And Lego Land yeah. is an amazing amazing place to go So screw the planes screw the Lego planes and and screw kids amazing. as well you don't even need kids to go it's so good um let, okay There's don't also, screw uh, kids yeah, yeah, don't screw kids yeah let's just nice. say that now don't screw kids <laughs> Pub- <That's laughs> <all> public, <laughs> public health warning from Uncle Sam there but I just mean like uh yeah anyway so social media yeah it's, um pros and cons <laughs> on the hobby interesting to see how it's impacted it's nice to see some regular names who have left forums as well um I tweeted the other day that I really missed Tony Osborne's posts on UK AR because um, they were always very exotic, really interesting, very informative as well, and I learned a huge amount mm. about helicopters. I'm a helicopter guy um, from his from his early posts, um, and so it's nice to see him on Twitter so that I can see what he says. And he's normally breaking some some news that's that I find exciting yeah he's got um, a good account and, and other people as well I'm not going to name and shame too many people but other people you know people who've got like sort of slides of uh, air shows of old Riats air fates all of this and, and they're posting the stuff and you're like oh my god the 80s and the 90s like what a golden age but anyway but yeah this is really interesting accounts who, who are on forums occasionally but you might not see them but it, you know and it, it goes back to it's not just like the pilots and the industry professionals as well but um, it's good just to see so many people on there
0: so, on that note of interesting accounts, should we wrap this episode up by suggesting maybe one interesting account we all know yep. and like, each that people and the might platform be interested that they're in on as
3: well, just to avoid any confusion.
0: Well, well, let's, let's give the listeners some aim <laughs> to challenge. Um, so, my recommendation would be on Instagram, the. Royal Norwegian Air Force Museum account, which is, I believe, at RNOAF Museum. It's just a really, really good uh, museum account. I mean, I'm a big museum fan anyway, but they just put some really interesting, really high quality photographs up from the whole history of the uh, Royal Norwegian Air Force, usually with some really informative, really interesting captions you know there's photos of of norwegian obviously lots of f5s things like mosquitoes star fighters um loads of just very interesting stuff you didn't necessarily knew they had really really informative really really well put together well curated and i just always look forward to whenever they post something
1: yeah fair strong
0: dom i think mine might not
2: being you know left field but on instagram i love uh, aircraft restoration companies page um this, the the machinery they've got you know to see the progress of it over winter or any new machinery they've got um even with their, their servicing of of the lancaster pa4 474 uh, four just love it ian
1: I don't think I follow as much in the same vein as you guys do. Uh, I think the stuff that I look at, it tends to be sort of just more hit and miss but on Twitter, there's a chap that I met up the map loop uh, about 15 years ago uh, Scott Rathbone who just got some amazing photos from back in the day, uh, right up till now. I followed him through uh, uh, another friend of mine and it's really taken me back some of the photos on the
4: um, for mine um, almost purely from a, a photography perspective uh, he's on m- mostly on Instagram you can find him on Facebook as well um, is Lloyd Horgan stuff um, he does obviously he does a lot of stuff with helicopters obviously that's what he specialises in but the the content that he puts on uh, on social media in my opinion Second to none, like the quality of the photos. And for me, because I'm my my photo editing is appalling, um, to be kind, like it it is interesting to see what he does to photos and how he how the the way he takes photos. So for me, that's that's a a must follow.
3: Um, For me, uh, he's on I think Facebook as well, but um, I don't follow on there, but um, certainly on Twitter and Instagram. um, Stuart Freer um the editor of touchdown aviation, but sort of almost like the king of archive shots it seems um the 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 archive of stuff that he has from him and and i think his his late father's collection is um has to be seen to be believed um and i followed him because I, s- I saw his posts on u k a r but also because we used his shots in the first article that I was involved in when I was a staff member on, on UCAR, which was the Tim Prince retrospective. Um we used some of his archive shots for that. Um and they were just they just blew me away when they first came through. and um, they have ever since and his Twitter's very regularly updated. I think was it yesterday or today? He's put a picture of um an SR seventy one topside at Melbourne. Crazy. Um so
0: And actually I think that photo is is yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's it's a very famous, seen.
3: very famous photo. That quite quite a lot of the stuff for. he
0: puts up is like I've seen that photo a thousand times.
3: Yeah, but it's it, but it's but it's also the supplementary stuff as well. Um, and what I like is the fact that he treats modern day air show moments with as much enthusiasm as he does looking over memories of Milton Hall or you know um, uh, images of Tomcats or something. um which is which is really really good really encouraging as well to know that the hobby as long as you look after it properly you, you, you it's possible not to sort of get a bit bored after you've seen everything because it looks like he has so a very good follow indeed
0: <laughs> cool well hopefully that's some good starting points for people obviously that's a very non exhaustive list um yeah we we should all
3: uh, we're all going to get our checks in the post from that right Like.
0: Well, they're they're all, they're all coming to me and I'll fall... Oh, fine, yeah, yeah. I'll give you
3: my bank details after, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: the... And, and your mother's maiden name and all that. <laughs> um, yeah, not necessarily for the podcast. It's interesting you say UKAR rather than UCAR. Uh, it just feels weird saying
3: UCAR, but in my brain I say UCAR. Really? I just, I don't know. Which one, I don't know which one's better. I switch between the two.
0: I've, I've never... To me, UKAR sounds weird. Yeah. I call it UCAR.
3: It, it, just, it just feels odd maybe it's because I, I never actually say it because we never say about or we just say the forum like
4: the forum knowing
0: that we mean you car let's, let's do a round up what do we say Tom I, I both it, i i trying to work out which one feels best stop
4: sitting me. on the fence
0: yeah it,
1: right Tom up uh, uh,
4: Dan you uh, car for me Ian yeah you car for me
0: Dom the same you car so Tom's wrong then you
3: yeah. <laughs>
0: th- th- for once you <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for another episode of the UK air show review or UCAR podcast if you've any thoughts about this week's episode and the things we've talked about or just want to comment on the podcast and how you think we're doing it uh, you can head to our forums which will be linked to in the description and uh, a link to the main website as well where you can read any of our past articles uh, while nothing else is going on Thank you and see you hopefully next week. Bye.